Acts chapter 3 is where we are today. I'm preaching a series from the book of Acts entitled Unstoppable, Living in the Irresistible Power of God's Holy Spirit. The powerful things done by the Holy Spirit here in the book of Acts with thousands of people being saved and a loving church and fellowship being formed happened because these people devoted themselves to a couple of things. Number one was the preaching of the word of God, the the witnessing of the good news of the gospel. And the second thing was prayer. They devoted themselves to prayer. So let's practice both of those today. I'm going to preach to you. But before we do that, let's pray again together. Heavenly Father, I do pray that you would bless the word as it's preached today. As I attempt to speak it on the outside, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak it directly into our hearts. Lord, for that person here today that needs to come to faith in you and repent of their sins, I pray that they would do that. Lord, for the rest of us, help us just to learn from your word, draw closer to you, celebrate your name this morning, and also pray for our country. We love you. Speak to our hearts now, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you can remember back to last Sunday, we preached from Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. And we saw the miracle performed by Peter and John when a crippled man was given power to walk. But the only way he was able to do that was through the powerful name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So there was a miracle And today we will see the message that followed that miracle. God sets off this explosion. He performs a great miracle, healing a crippled man from his birth. And then he did that to get the give the message he wanted to deliver through Peter. So to get started today, let's read Acts chapter 3 starting in verse number 11. It says, Now as the lame man who was healed, held on to Peter and John. All the people ran together to meet them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us, as though by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob The God of our fathers glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses." And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of all of you. So you've witnessed this with your own eyes. You've seen this man. You've seen him for days, for years. He's been brought to the temple to beg for alms. You know this guy. You know where he's from. You know his parents. You know that he's been crippled. And you have seen with your own eyes that God, through the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, healed him. What a miracle. Now, you got to remember that one-fourth of the book of Acts is taken up by preaching. Just like this sermon, Peter is preaching in Acts chapter 3. Now, there are many remarkable things about his sermon in Acts 3. 
But what I want you to see is this. It's a common thread that runs through his entire sermon. And it's this. That the purposes of God in redeeming a lost human race through his son Jesus Christ could not be stopped. God's purpose could not be stopped. In fact, all of the purposes of God are unstoppable. You can't stop God. Man can't stop God. A king can't stop God. A president can't stop God. Governments can't stop God. God is unstoppable. And really, what an encouragement for us. Because I remember Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good. To those who love God. To those who are the called according to His purpose. So if we've been called to the purpose of God, we ourselves are unstoppable. Because you can't stop God. But you know what? I know what you're doing. Because you're thinking people. All right? And you're thinking in your mind right now, well, is there any purpose to the mess I'm going through? <laughs> really, is there any purpose to this, to, to the cancer that I'm, I'm battling right now? What, what purpose is there in that? Is there any purpose to the terrible situation that I find myself in at work or in the home? Is there any purpose to that weak moment when I gave in to temptation and sin that messed up my life so bad and even hurt the people who I love around me. Is there any purpose to the mess my life is in right now? Listen, church, we serve an awesome, great, and powerful God. He is Almighty God. And beside Him there is none other. And His good and glorious purposes for our life are being fulfilled. We may not be able to see it right now. Or we might not be able to make sense of the mess that we're in. But hang on. Because God is working. And God's good purpose is going to be fulfilled. You may be go, going through something today that, that has caused you in your mind to doubt that. But behind it all and through it all, God is working. He's working for our good. Now, let's get back to Peter's message. This miracle of healing the crippled man drew a large audience together to hear the words of Peter. And so it says in verse 12, when Peter saw all of this, he responded to the people and said this, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look so intently at us as though by our own power or our own godliness, we have made this man walk. What Peter is saying is this, hey, it's not me, it's not John, it's not any of us. This is all God. Hey, it's all God. I said this last week, but it's worth saying again. God healed this man through his power, but he used the hand of Peter to do it. Now, these people were just looking at Peter and John thinking, wow, what kind of demigods are these men? Peter's saying, hey, it's not us. It's not about us. It's about God. And I want you to understand that today at our church. It's not about our singers. They're great, but it's not about them. It's not about me. I'm just the mailman. <laughs> I just deliver the goods. And it's not about you. It's about God. 
All of this is about God. God has a great plan, and it's all about Him. Peter's going to say this in verse 16. And His name, that is the name of Jesus, through faith in His name, that is the name Jesus Christ of Nazareth, this man has been made strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through Jesus has given this crippled man this perfect soundness, and all of you have been a witness to it. You've got to see it with your own eyes. What you need to notice is this. The miracle that was performed was a miracle that God did to get the attention of the people, but he also did that miracle to help a single man. Because that's just the way our God works. God is concerned about people. They healed someone. They helped someone. Why? Because that was the way Jesus demonstrated that God's kingdom had come. I'm going to heal this man so that you can see the mighty hand of God working in his life. I'm going to do something good for a single individual to get everybody's attention and draw it to the Lord and the glory of God. Guys, let me bring that home to us. That's why we do all the things that we do here at Kavanaugh Church. We, we just don't come on Sunday mornings and hear great music and a sermon and leave and forget about it the rest of the week. No, we're involved in ministry. We're involved in the ministry of the Lord. That's why on Mondays we open the doors of our church and, and we feed hungry people through our food bank. Hundreds of people come through here every week to receive food and nourishment. We do it because we want them to see Jesus. We go downtown and feed the homeless, not because we're just some good people and we want the attention ourselves. No, we want to draw attention to Jesus. We help the kids at Maggie House. Why? Because they need help. And we want them to see that God is working through our hands to help them. Every ministry we do here at Kavanaugh Church is not for us. Now, it helps us out. Yeah, it makes us feel good about who we are and what we're doing. But it's for the glory of God. That's all that this was about. It was for the glory of God. Verse 13a, he goes on to say, this is what God is up to. It's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers. God has glorified his servant Jesus. It's this same God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that has lifted up and glorified his own son, Jesus Christ, to fulfill the purposes of God. You might say, well, what purposes are those? Well, I'm, I'm going to talk about the purpose of God, but get this, number one, the purposes of God cannot be stopped by time. Time can't stop the purpose of God. Uh, we started a little home repair project a, a few months ago. In fact, it was in April. Uh, Angie decided that uh, she was tired of that carpet. We needed new carpet, and we really did. I've been dragging my feet on the carpet for about five years. I've been telling her, okay, we'll get new carpet, but let's do this first, that first. She's been on me not more than five years, ten years. Let's get new carpet. So finally, back in April, I was gone, and she started ripping up the carpet <laughs> while I was out of town, all right? So we were just going to put new carpet in, but you know what? Uh, the other flooring was bad, so we ripped up hardwood floors. We ripped up uh, tile. We, we, we put new flooring in the whole house, you know, moved all the furniture out to do that. And you know what? While that was at, we got to looking at those walls, and boy, those walls needed painting too. Even though they were just painted a few years ago, they needed to be repainted. You know why? Because those old colors are out. 
My friends down in Waco, Texas, what, what's their name? Jojo, jo, Chip and Joanne, they've got all the cool colors. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Oh, Jojo, I don't know what I'm going to So anyway, we had to paint the walls. You know what? You get new flooring, you get new paint on the walls, the, the light fixtures don't match. So you got to put all in new light fixtures. And you know what? Then the knobs on the cabinets, don't, they don't match either. And so one thing leads to? We started that project back in April. <laughs> We're still not done. I'll tell you what, the big things are done, but the little things, man. But here's the deal. As the weeks go by and the days go by, I find it harder and harder to get motivated to finish the job. Is that just me? Or can anybody else, that, can you relate? You know, in a home repair project, maybe there's something in your life that is like that. You just can't get motivated to change it, and it's been stagnant for years. Well, here's what I got to say. God is not that way. God doesn't stall out. His plan does not become stagnant. His purposes are eternal. They don't run out of steam. God, God doesn't stop for anything. God's engine doesn't run out of steam. God has one overarching purpose for all of humanity and all of history, and here it is. He is here for this one purpose, to redeem a spiritually lost and dead human race. That is God's purpose, to redeem those who are lost and without hope. It began the day our ancestors, Adam and Eve, sinned in the Garden of Eden. Later on, God formed a nation out of Abraham, for whom would come the one, that is the Messiah, who would bring redemption to a lost world. And God revealed himself to Abraham and through Abraham, through Isaac and Jacob and their forefathers. The God of the Old Testament was the same God who glorified Jesus Christ, his son, in the New Testament. And it was this same Jesus of Nazareth who healed this crippled man in Acts chapter 3. God's purpose is march on from generation to generation Age after age, you can't stall God out. God's pretty determined. And His purpose will be fulfilled. And if we want to be with God in His program, great. But you know what? If we rebel against God, if our nation rebels against God, God's going to find another nation to do it. Because you can't stop God. Now what does this mean for us? What's the application? Well, maybe you're here today and you've been struggling with something for so long in your own life that you wonder if God has forgotten about you. And while you see that his purposes have worked out for other people, you wonder if maybe they're not going to work out for you because it's been so long. My friend, you need to understand God's purposes cannot be stopped by time. He's working everything together in your life for His good purpose and for His acceptable will. So don't get weary and don't give up. You hang in there with God. God's working in your life. And God is going to turn that mess around as long as you keep your eyes on Him and keep trusting Him. When you least expect it, expect it. Because God can't be stopped by time. Number two, 
the purposes of God cannot be stopped by opposition. Just look at the opposition from the Jewish leaders and also the Roman authorities as th that they threw at Jesus. Peter said this in 13b, Whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the Just One, and you asked for a murderer to be granted to you. Now, this is interesting, just a little side note to this. I've read this passage through the years hundreds of times, but this past week I saw something that, that was really interesting to me. Twice in this passage, Peter said, you denied him. Again, again Peter's preaching. He says, you denied him. And I've always envisioned in my mind Peter preaching this fiery sermon. And I, I, just, I just imagined he was thundering hell on him, man. You denied him. Why didn't you deny him? But what is interesting is this. That word denied is the same word that describes what Peter did three times before the crucifixion. So I don't know exactly how he communicated that to them. Maybe instead of thundering hell and fire and brimstone down on them, he was preaching with compassion in his heart. Because he knew just to look out denying the Lord Jesus Christ. But the cool thing is this. Jesus overcame that terrible failure in Peter's life and he could do it for the people Peter was preaching to. And he can do it for us. Wow. Verse number 15. He said, you killed the prince of life. To me, that's an interesting phrase for Jesus' name. That's an interesting description of who Jesus is. He is the prince of life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. So church, in an ironic and corrupt twist of circumstances, the Jews disowned their own Messiah before a pagan governor whose name was Pilate. Pilate really wanted to let Jesus go. He could find no fault in Jesus. But no, the Jews wanted him to release a murderer instead, a, a man by the name of Barabbas. So they released a murderer and they murdered the prince of life. But listen to this. The power and the purpose of God cannot be stopped by the opposition of men. Whether it be a government or whether it be a religious group. Jesus, who was once rejected, is now the resurrected and glorified Christ. Yes, their guilt was enormous, but it did not stop God's purposes from being fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Peter said, you did this to Jesus, but God's unstoppable purpose could not be stopped. God raised Jesus from the dead. <laughs> you thought you had your way. You thought you won. But God just turned around and raised Jesus from the dead. So what is the application at this point? Here's the application. You might be looking at your own life. And think about something you've done that was in rebellion against God. Because we all have. Huh? We're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. For all have sinned. There is none righteous, no, not one. We've all rebelled. We've all denied. We've all sinned. 
And you may wonder, because of what you've done, you, you may wonder, you know, could God ever forgive me? I have people say that to me all the time. I don't think God could ever forgive me. Or I don't think God could ever use me. Preacher, you don't know what I've done. God could, God could never take a wreck of a life like mine and make anything good out of it. You want to bet? In fact, he's pretty good at it. God can do that. Because his purpose cannot be stopped by time or opposition. His grace is greater. I'm waiting for an amen on that. His grace is greater than all of my sin or my opposition. But there's more. Number three, the purposes of God cannot be stopped by ignorance. Peter continues in verse 17. Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance, as did also your rulers. So the Jews acted in ignorance. They didn't realize Jesus was who he said he was, in spite of all the evidence that had been presented to them time and again. In fact, when Jesus was being crucified, as he was hanging on the cross, he cried out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Their ignorance was inexcusable because God had clearly demonstrated through the life of Jesus Christ that he was the Messiah. They were just too hardened in their own heart to see it. But they were not beyond the reach of God's love, nor are we. The death that caused Jesus to be crucified, the death of our Savior Jesus Christ, was turned around by God to bring redemption to the very people who crucified him. Guys, that's amazing. Look at verse 18. It, it tells us they murdered Jesus, but Jesus died to redeem them. Those things which God foretold by the mouth of all of his prophets, that the Christ would suffer and has thus fulfilled. These people didn't know what they were doing, but God knew what he was doing. <laughs> you see, God called his shot. I talk about all, that all the time. God, God has the ability to do that. When I call my shot playing basketball, if I do make it, it's just pure luck. <laughs> but not with God. He called his shot on this one. God had already announced through the prophets hundreds of years before that the Messiah would die in this way. In fact, it was by the suffering that they inflicted upon Jesus that their own sins would be atoned for. That's amazing. I mean, it's mind-boggling. Through all the sufferings that Jesus endured, the purposes of God could not be stopped in his life. And suffering doesn't stop God's purposes in your life either. Listen, God is so powerful in achieving his purposes that he used even the opposition of their ignorance to bring about the suffering that would result in their own redemption. You see, when God determines to fulfill some good purpose for us, no time, no opposition, no ignorance can stop him. He simply uses that opposition and ignorance to serve his own purpose. It's amazing. Here's what God said in Isaiah chapter 46. Remember the former things, the things of long ago. I am God. 
and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say, and here's what God says, my purpose will stand, and I will do as I please. Amen. Amen. God doesn't just know history in advance. God makes history. Listen to this. History is really His story. You see that? It's His story. What God foretold, God fulfilled. God perceives this future because God plans the future. Centuries before it happened, God informed his spokesman, the prophets, of what he intended to do. He did this so that when it actually occurred, we would know it was not by accident, that God had a purpose for it, and that through that we could glorify him. Now, Peter is speaking to some people who have been on the wrong side of the purposes of God. They have been opposing God. So, what do they need to do? He tells them in verse 19, Repent, repent therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before. So guys, let me tell you, the only way the purposes of God can be fulfilled in our lives is when we repent. Now, I love to preach about the love of God and the grace of God and the forgiveness of God and the mercy of God. But the only way you can know any of those attributes from God is when you repent. First of all, you've got to repent. We don't, we don't like to talk about that because in talking about that, we have to admit that we've done wrong. But you have. <laughs> we all have. And so we've got to repent. We not only need to repent as individuals, we need to repent as a nation. I'll get to that in just a moment, okay? But here's this word, repent. It is a consistent part of the message found in the book of Acts. People need to repent. Why? Because they've been going the wrong way. To repent means that you turn around, you do an about face. And we have been headed in the wrong direction. So we repent and we turn around towards God and Jesus Christ. And in this verse, he says, when you do that, when you repent, there are three blessings that God is going to bless you with. And here they are. Number one, your sins are going to be blotted out. Other translations use the phrase, they're going to be wiped away. In fact, it is the same word used to describe how in heaven God wipes away our tears. It's like God takes a, an and he erases the chalkboard of our life. All the sins that we have committed, God wipes them out. He gives us a clean slate. When you repent, God forgives. I think I'm having problems with my mic. Can you hear that? I, I want you to hear me loud and clear, so I'm taking this jacket off. I, I'll throw it on the ground. I don't care right now because this is good. God said repent. And when you repent, I will forgive you of your sins. I will clean your slate. Whew. Now, wouldn't it be cool to walk out of here today with a clean slate? Because when God forgives, he forgets. He doesn't hold it against our account any longer. Wow! 
What a blessing. But not only that, blessing number two, you will experience times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. That's what verse 19 says. Your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. That is, you're going to have peace with God. Guys, let me tell you, this is the one thing the people of our world, all humanity craves for. People are craving for an inner peace. We spend all of our life looking for an inner peace. God says the only way you're going to have that inner peace, the peace of God, is when you repent and your sins are blotted out. Then you're going to be in fellowship with God. You'll get to enjoy the presence of God on a daily basis. Blessing number three, one day you'll see Jesus Christ in person. That's what verse 20 tells us. The one whom God appointed to die for you and rise again will come again and will be with him forever. And so when we trust Jesus, he will wipe away all of our sins. When we get to heaven, he's going to wipe away all of our tears. All that happens when we repent. Kind of reminds me of uh, that Old, Old Testament passage, 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people, who are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, that's repenting. When we do that, and he's talking to the church there, when we do that, God says, then I will hear from heaven. Not until we repent, but then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive your sins. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I will heal your land. Man, we need our land healed today, amen? And it will only happen when we repent. Th guys, this is the unstoppable purpose of God. It was the perfect plan of God to send his son the first time. Okay, God's plan, sending his son the first time. But God called the shot because he can do that. He said, my son is coming again, and Jesus is in between those two comings. The first coming and the second coming is where we live today. It is a time frame for the church today. Here is a window of time for us to repent. This is the window of time that God is working his good and acceptable and perfect will and purpose out in our life. God is preparing us during this parenthesis for heaven, he's working out his purpose. Now, I started out by reminding you of that wonderful truth found in Romans 8, 28. That God is able to make all things work together for good to those who love God and those who are the called according to his purpose. And that purpose is to shape us into the likeness of Jesus Christ. You might say, well, why am I going through the trouble I'm going through right now? Well, God is shaping us in molding us into the person of Jesus Christ. Look at the life of Jesus. Did Jesus have problems? Did people not like Jesus? Well, yeah, they killed him. Why am I going through all the problems I'm going through? It's because God loves you. And he's working in your life. And one day, if you hang in there, you'll see those purposes fulfilled. Now, I'm not a very artsy person. If you ask me to draw a, a, a person of a man or a woman, I'll draw a stick person, stick image. But my lines will be crooked because I'm, I'm just not artsy. You know, I'm not creative. I don't, my mind doesn't work that way. Just forgive me, but I'm not. I'm not, I'm not artsy. And I don't, 
I, I don't understand you artsy people either. I mean, I just, not in my frame of reference. But when I was in the fifth grade, I had art class I had to go. Back in those days, everybody had to go to art class. Everybody had to go to music class. Everybody had to go to PE. It's just the way it was. They didn't, they didn't give you options back then. But the cool thing, chocolate milk only cost a nickel. <laughs> right? So I was in art class. I don't, it may have been the fourth grade, fourth, fifth grade. I don't know. But the, our teacher gave us this assignment. We, we had to make this little rug. It was a tapestry. I uh, hated that project. We had this long needle, yarn, this, I don't know, this kind of, I don't know what it was, but we had to push the needle and the yarn up through there, and we were making a design with yarn, a rug, a tapestry. We were to give it to our mothers. I think I, I used brown yarn, orange yarn, green yarn. I don't remember what my pattern was. Very few things about this art project I do remember, but I do remember this. When you flipped the thing over and looked at the bottom side, it was ugly. <laughs> now granted, I'll tell you, the top side wasn't much better. <laughs> but the bottom side was really ugly. You know, you, do you kind of know what I'm talking about? I mean, there, there, was, there was frayed yarn. It was all different colors mingled together. You couldn't... You couldn't detect any kind of pattern. I mean, it was, it was ugly on the bottom side. It was a mess. And I was afraid when my mom opened the package, she was just going to look at the bottom side. <laughs> what is this mess, William? You know? you know what? A lot of times I'm looking at my own life, and all I see is the bottom side. And it's a mess. Can you relate to that? It's a mess. There's knots. There's discolorization. There's no clear pattern. You can't see what's happening. You don't know why this is happening and what, why that's happening. You're questioning everything. Your life's a mess. Have you been there? Let me tell you what. The cool thing about it, when you trust Jesus as your Savior, sooner or later, God's going to flip that tapestry of your life over. And you're going to be able to see the beautiful creation He has made in and through you. And all those knots on the backside that you couldn't understand or couldn't figure out, God is going to make known to you. You're going to understand, well, yeah, I had that wreck because of this reason. I had to face cancer because of that reason. I was in conflict at work because of this reason. And God was working all of that out for my good and for his glorious purpose. The problem is this. Sometimes we stay on the wrong side of God's purpose. We live on the back side, the flip side, the ugly side, the messy side. And if that's where you are today, my message for you is come, repent. Repent of your sins. God will forgive you. He'll clean up your life. He'll give you purpose. He'll give you a glimpse of what you can be through him. But you've got to make the move. Will you do that? Will you come in faith and trust Jesus with your life today? Today is July the 3rd. Tomorrow we celebrate our freedom, our independence, July the 4th. What a, what a great celebration that is. But guys, as a pastor of a church in America in 2016, let me tell you something. If we as a nation don't repent, if we don't turn back to God, 
there may soon come a day when we don't celebrate July 4th anymore. I don't want that to happen. So let's get our nation back on the firm foundation it was established. Let's repent. Let's repent for allowing our country to get in the mess it's in. And it's not because of sinners. It's not because of governors. It is because of people like you and me who don't take a stand and don't do what is right. So let's repent. And let's pray today that God would turn this great country around. Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name right now that we would get on the right side of your purpose for our life and for this country. Lord, for those who need to come in day, today and, and repent and confess you as Lord and Savior of their life, may they do it now. Lord, for the rest of us, may we come this morning and, and just bow before you and, and humbly ask that you take control of this country again and that you lead us in a spiritual revival. Lord, I love these people and I pray a blessing on them today. Give them freedom, Lord to come and pray at the altar in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask that you stand, heads bowed and eyes closed. The praise team is going to sing. The altars are open.